1130 AM, KZOM, Oleander, Oregon, North Clackamas Community Radio. Thank you for joining us again for Radio Free Oleander, the best and the brightest of 1130 AM, KZOM. It's nerd stuff, it's geek stuff. This month we're doing Star Wars. We're going to have J.C. Rascorla, author, talking about Star Wars action figures. And me and Dave, we're going to talk about droids and D&D. What a weird combo. All right, here we go. Hey, everyone. This is D.B. Spitzer. And over here, this guy, that's Farmer Dave. Dave, how's it going? I am very well. Because we are here at the, you know, the Star Wars uh, May the 4th uh, science fiction uh, swap meet and bazaar, and I have elephant ears. But because it's Star Wars, they're not calling them elephant ears, they're calling them bantha ears. But I don't think no, banthas have ears, but I, 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 I know not what after I eat them. I, I I know what they're going for. I totally get what they're going for, but uh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, what do you call it? It's, it's, it's delicious. It's, it's delicious, but it's, uh, it's a good old fashioned small town, uh, rural swap meet, rural swap meet, and, but, but it's a science fiction themed swap meet. <laughs> You see all kinds of, there's like Gertrude Oleander with her stuff that like no one in town can afford, but I think there's some people driving up from Salem to look at some official... It should be in a museum. Yeah, 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 no, no, like uh, the original Star Trek uh, phasers that, you know, are under glass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's see, she's got some Ray Harryhausen models and whatnot, and it's just like, yeah, no one can afford that. It's, 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 it's like, that stuff belongs in a museum. <laughs> Although I did, I was cleaning up, I found my second copy, an old copy of uh, Neuromancer, and so I traded it with somebody for uh, Judge Dredd Hard Case Papers uh, too so that's a fair trade that's cool that's cool I, I i got a couple copies of the uh marvel uh marvel did four issues of dune the movie and i got the first two i had the last three uh, i had the last two but i didn't have the first two so i've got oh, that cool yeah, yeah i got that and i picked up a copy of issue seven of the akira manga so you know oh cool i didn't need it but i liked it and I don't know where my other Akiras are, so... Everybody needs issue seven of Akira. Yeah, no, every, everyone needs... I don't know. The, the Akira manga was amazing. We, You know what? We should have uh, KD back on to talk about Akira someday. I think so. Yeah, anyway. But <laughs> we're not doing manga month. We're doing Star Wars May, May the 4th. Uh, yes. I mean, technically, we are recording on... Uh, Tuesday, May the 4th in Oleander, Oregon, uh, right outside of the Civic Hall, Civic Center. Uh, yeah, no, one great thing that the futurists did was get rid of all that, uh, that, that, that pesticide cloud that was, uh, fogging up, uh, choking out the town for decades. And yeah. we can do stuff with our town again, and it doesn't feel like such a weird weirdo place now that we can like do stuff and people can do things and we're all separated out and you know um probably after recording i'm gonna walk over and get a euro but um 
Yeah, it's there's there's like a sense of normalcy. I, I want to say like most of the people in town have been vaccinated that are going to get vaccinated and uh, those that aren't uh, have strict orders from the mayor to stay at home until you've been vaccinated because anyway, that's just how the town's rolling now, which is nice. It's 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 nice. Yeah, yeah uh, apparently uh, there is some some legal decision that certain constitutional rights do not exist in Upper Clackamas County. Uh, I don't know how this uh, how the Supreme Court decided that, but it does. That, that that's just one of the pleasures of living in uh, Clackamas County. You don't get all the constitutional rights that maybe the rest of the country did, but you got great trees and you can see Mount Hood. I I I I've heard rumors that uh, because of some treaties that existed before the early 1900s uh oleander like not not just north clackamas county oleander itself uh is is uh certain certain laws don't apply and it's it's i i I don't know what those laws are and that's why i don't know uh including the statute of limitations no statute of limitations (laughs) so if you if, if you Oh, like a, a library book for like thirty years. They'll send the SWAT team after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's 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 really weird. It's really weird. Uh, we have like an insane amount of legal people in the uh, mayoral office right now, just kind of like taking care of city hall, trying to figure out what rules are old rules that should not be legal, and figuring out what rules actually. Uh, do make a civil code? I don't know. Um, it's I, illegal to do a barrel roll in a zeppelin in the airspace over Oleander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And technically, it's illegal to mix different types of soda in Oleander. You cannot make a graveyard in Oleander. It is illegal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Um, except for except for the graveyard clause, you can in the graveyard. You can in the graveyard. Yeah, you can make graveyards in the graveyard, and that's the only thing. Yeah, it's and there, there there's there's rules that it's like people because of typos, you can't do certain things anymore. Like uh, you can't uh, tie your hose up out in front of. Uh, uh, you can't tie your hose up out oh. in front of Oblivion's and. Mm-hmm. It, but you can still tie your horse up out in front of oblivions. But yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Josiah Oleander was not really known for spelling. Oh, I don't even know if it's Josiah Oleander. I think it's just uh, there's been kind of a laziness. It's 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 a small town. There's been kind of a laziness. Yeah. I mean, Mayor Cooper was great. I loved working with Mayor Cooper, but this town may not have been ran as great as we thought. Shocking. But it's Star Wars Day. It's Star Wars Day, so we're not going to talk about the junior high that was built on top of the Potter's Field. Uh, so, uh, Dave, uh, maybe maybe we'll uh, hold off like personal memories of Star Wars for like uh, another episode. But, yeah, hey, uh, up next, uh, we have actually an interview that I did, and it's talking about Star Wars action figure. My friend... Uh, children's book author J.C. Rascorla, uh, he's the one who actually introduced me to Star Wars action figures in the 90s, as we'll talk about. Uh, I really didn't care about Star Wars. I thought they were fun kids' movies when I was a kid and didn't ever get back into them until, like, 
I don't know, I want to say like early mid nineties when I was like hanging out with this guy from my Japanese class and skateboarding and stuff. So actually we skateboarded later. I didn't start skateboarding and I was never good at it. So, you know, don't at me, JC. I know I suck at skateboarding. All right. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but do you have childhood memories? Um, I'm, I'm not going to like, you know, blow up your spot or anything by saying you're older than me, but it's not by like a whole bunch or anything, but I'm sure you have childhood memories of, uh, I don't know, California star Wars action figures, 1978. So, so yeah. So I, you know, I had, I grew up in a very loving, very supportive family, uh-huh. but we weren't rich. So, you know, growing up, um, uh, we, uh, you know, we thought we we're the luckiest people because the day before payday, we got to eat popcorn for dinner <laughs> until I was older to realize, yeah. So, so of course I wanted Star Wars figures. And I, you know, I got a couple, uh, I'm, you know, I got the droid kid and I, you know, I got, uh, yeah, I remember having a C3PO, you know, and my, my friends that were divorced, you know, their parents got them all, you know, they had one each set for all of them. Oh, wow. So, so, so my mom and I love my parents. Mm-hmm. So, so she, uh, you know, I wanted Star Wars figures, but you know, it was it were it just legitimately was tight. Mm-hmm. So what my mom did was she bought a lot of the clothespins, you know, the the, the ones not with the, like the two parts of snap, the old old style with like the round head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so we would sit around and, and we would make my mom and I would make. Star Wars figures, and we would take tongue depressors or coffee stores and make arms, you know, and paint them up. And, and then when I was a kid, I go, Oh, no, these aren't real. I want a plastic one like my friends, you know. Uh-huh. But oh man, I wish I had those. I wish I had those homemade Star Wars uh, uh, figures now. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't, I didn't even have, I didn't even have that. Um, it that that wasn't even something that came across. Like I had friends who had Star Wars, and I just wasn't interested in it because I, I just wasn't interested. Wasn't interested in action figures so much. Every yeah. once in a while, there'd be an action figure that'd be like, "Oh, that's cool! Triclops, that's awesome! Starscream, that's awesome!" But uh, so, so I'll tell you. So yeah. even though we were sort of a lower income family, you know, we live with for the area we lived was like on the beach. And so there were some rich families. And so what the rich kids would do, you know, the ones that had all of the Star Wars and that had, you know, one stormtrooper for every little outside seat in those little buckets in the stormtrooper mover. Uh-huh. They would set up all their troops at each other, make an army, and then they would throw rocks at them. Oh, wow. And if they knocked the character down, they stunned them. But if they hit them and they broke the head off, they killed them. They were trying to kill each other. I was going you know couldn't you just maybe give them to me yeah geez yeah uh, my, my my little brother had um like these plastic like they were solid one piece ewok uh little figurines that came with an ewok playhouse it was based off the ewok cartoon which i think came out in like 84 85 droids we are the spirits of the ewok room I can't remember the song. Yeah, yeah, it was it was something like that. And uh 
and, and and it was like all these like my brother had a lot of Ewok toys based off the Ewok cartoon. So like at that point in time, I was definitely like, yeah, no, um, this stuff is definitely for little kids. I'm way too old for that. Even though when Ninja Turtles came out a couple years later and I was in junior high and quote unquote way too old for action figures, I was way into Ninja Turtle action figures and, uh, you know, posed them on shelves and totally never played with them when no one was home. So. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, yeah, um, action figures, fun stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll put a link uh, for JC's book in the show notes if you can check that out. And uh, here we go. We'll be talking about uh, Star Wars action figures, me and JC. And after the break, uh, Dave and I will be talking about droids. Uh, whether or not these are the droids you're looking for or not, you'll find out. Okay, and we'll see you in a bit. Yes, because... Because we are well versed in protocol. <laughs> hey everyone, it's me, DB Spitzer. We are back once again, uh, and hey, it's it's uh, it's me interviewing people this time, and uh, not Dave. So you know, get. Get used to that. I've got an old friend of mine, uh, JC, uh, from back in the old days. I've mentioned JC possibly in the past when talking about Dungeons and Dragons, or if I've ever mentioned uh, Killer DM, it's probably been JC. <laughs> How's it going these days, JC? Oh, pretty good. Good, good, good. Uh, you still playing uh, the Dungeons and Dragons uh, these days? Since the weather's been getting better, we've kind of turned away from it. But uh -huh. um, you know, we're still—I'm still brainstorming stuff for the kids. Nice, nice. It's a really good way to have them practice math without knowing it. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very fun, very fun. So uh, it's it's uh, May, and we're doing a May the Fourth be with you. Uh, May the Force be with you. Star Wars May. I, 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 we haven't come up with a good name for it yet, but. Uh, from when we were in high school, college, all that fun stuff, you had the Star Wars action figure collection. You... Yes, yeah. And I like I had the collection from like the originals from the 70s and mm -hmm. 80s. And then when they came out with the new stuff, when they were all like buff and looked like He-Man, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I started collecting those as well. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, because I always thought when I was young, collecting the, the originals you know I'll, I'll sell these to go to college yeah but then as i got older it's like you know i don't want to let these go yeah you know i want my kids to play with these mm -hmm. and you know or give them the choice if they want to play with the old ones then they can have that if they want to open up the new ones that are in the packages they can do it. but just just it's hard to let things go because when i look at them you know i see my childhood of me playing with them mm -hmm. and you know i actually can see polaroids that my parents have took have taken of me Mm -hmm. you know, on the kitchen floor with the ad ad out there and all that you know and it's just it, it's fun and when i see my kids playing with them now it just brings back all that nostalgia nice I, I i seem to recall you you had a pretty darn near complete and as, as far as i knew in the uh, early 90s uh star wars action figure collection i think there was something about like maybe uh, uh lando with a cape was missing and maybe like one of the snaggle tooths or something like that but yeah so um the ones that i was missing was yak face yak face. obviously because he only came out in europe 
he looked like the the camel guy. Mm -hmm. um, General Calrissian, which um, he had the camouflage cape okay. for Hoth. And then it was um, Han Solo and Carbonite. Han Solo and Carbonite. I was missing him as well. Okay. And I was also missing a man of man's weapon, like the stick thing. Mm -hmm. I still mm -hmm. don't have that. Okay. But when I was in Japan, I went to a wedding in probably 2002 uh -huh. in um just some mountain town and I went to a, a used clothing book store. Mm -hmm. They had this wooden bin of toys that was for a dollar and I found Han Solo and Carbonite. Oh wow. In that bin. Oh wow. And I was just like, yoink. I I, <laughs> I did so, not know that. <laughs> yeah, he's actually in our living room right now, hanging on the wall next to my uh Optimus prime ipad uh thing that <laughs> cool. you can put your ipad into the the uh, the trailer and it plays music so yeah he's leaning up against that right now oh yeah, yeah. so that was like one of my favorite scores that i, I saw it's just almost destiny so still got an eye out for general calrissian though yeah I, I can't remember if it was with you or uh one of one of uh one of our other crew at the time uh uh waking up early one day to go to toys r us and uh, waiting outside, and the doors open, and then running, and like having a bunch of other people there, and I, I can't remember if this was you or uh, Jeff, but like uh, there was a bunch of people who were like, oh, we gotta race these people to get to the toy aisle, and they're gonna like fight with us over like the Star Wars action figures, and we're like, oh man, this is gonna suck, and then like running, and that like end up like they're running and we're running and they're running and they like turn off to the hot wheels aisle and we're the only people going to the star wars aisle because there were no new star wars action figures that day <laughs> that might have been me i, I tended <laughs> to go to target because then you didn't have there wasn't so many kids there. yeah you know and the kids you, you feel bad when you push them uh-huh so adults you know you can you can rough them around a little bit if you're fighting for toys. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, definitely Target <laughs> was the place to go that a lot of people didn't know. Mm -hmm. Especially, I don't know what's up with uh, Count Lando, but when they came out with the new uh, the new ones in 94, mm -hmm. he also was one that was hard to find. Huh. Interesting. You know, I ended up getting him. I think I got a couple of them. But, yeah, it was, I don't know what's what's up with him, but I have a hard time getting those getting his action figure. So. Yeah. Uh, are, are you the type of collector who will go on eBay looking for stuff, or are you just kind of like if it comes up in the wild, you'll you'll uh, you'll yoink it? Probably, I'm more of an organic looker. I mean, if it's mm -hmm. if it's if it's bound to happen, it'll happen. Unless there's something specific that my boys really want, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then you know I'll hunt for it. But they're not really much for the vintage yeah. ones. They're just happy with what they have because they have so so much with what my mom's picked up through auctions mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And there's just probably from my collection that I had in the nineties, it's probably doubled or tripled since then. Yeah. I would say easily. I have like nine stormtroopers <laughs> easily. <laughs> well, you can recreate <laughs> you <know>? scenes now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, uh, one thing, one thing you mentioned earlier before we started recording is that your mom has three of the, uh, torture scenes uh, the the droid torture scenes from Jabba's palace and you know I was thinking to myself why do I I'm pretty sure JC is the reason that I know that there are two distinct sets and that it's just like 
color variation, but actual design variation as well. And then just thinking about the fact that there was like a torture chamber set for an iconic 80s uh, toy line is kind of hilarious, but <laughs> looking at it from now, but yeah. Well, yeah, and I find like Lucas, he was just like a marketing specialist, so mm -hmm. he would just do anything, you know, to to vary like oh you know that's a good background let's change the color and put a different cardboard behind it and yeah. people will buy it and people did yeah no it's... you know it's similar to um what is it the death star droid mm -hmm. you know he's pretty much so c-3po's body just with a different head yeah you know so it's crazy stuff yeah no i don't know what he did really so yeah yeah no no i, I remember like star wars well, action figures when i was a kid like going over to other people's houses like when they first came out like just to look at the action figures i don't know if that was something that like he really grew up with or anything but just just like you know it's like you would like we'd walk my sister and i we walked like this is when we lived you know lived in north portland and we'd walk like blocks and blocks and blocks just to look at some kids star wars action figures in their basement watch half an hour of planet of the apes and go home but <laughs> yeah i mean i would go over to my friend's house who had gi joes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i was always jealous of them because their elbows and knees would move yeah and i was just like why couldn't star wars do that mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and um i don't know if there was a huge price difference I, I would imagine there was, yeah, uh, back then maybe a dollar, which back then a dollar mm -hmm. would be a huge, huge amount, yeah, you know. But that was one thing that I was always, uh, kind of earth miffed about, you know. Yeah. I was like, ah, because you could get so many more cool poses, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they could ride on like the speeder bike correctly yeah. and yeah. not have their legs like shoot out straight, <laughs> <laughs> which it's just looks ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I mean, that was that was another thing I, I remembered about Star Wars action figures from a kid. Uh, like, one of the kids who lived down the street from when my family moved across the river over to Washington, uh, he inherited a bunch of his older brother's Star Wars action figures, and it wasn't anything spectacular. It was just, like, the like early ones. All the paint was chipped off. They weren't in great shape. Uh, like, most of the paint was missing off of Leia, like fingers were missing off Han kind of stuff like dog had chewed on Luke's face kind of thing and mm -hmm. we, we you know we we uh played with them with our like G.I. Joes but it's like well G.I. Joe has to torture someone kind of it's like just like destroyed these Star Wars action figures and it was like I remember a yeah. lot of people were like well yeah no like tape firecrackers to Han Solo it's like He's not He-Man. He's not like G.I. Joe. It's that old junky Star Wars action figures. Their arms don't even bend. They don't have punching action. It's, they can't even bend yeah. at the waist. It's, you know, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, and when you're talking about that, like, playing with other kids, um, you know how um, Toy Stories, like, Andy wrote his name on the bottom of uh, Woody's foot or whatever? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd go over to my friend's house and we'd play star wars together but he had star wars toys also sure and so what my mom would do to you know so we wouldn't get them mixed up is my action figures always had the bottom of their foot the front half of it was painted with a black sharpie mm -hmm. so that's how i can tell like my original original star wars toys yeah. that i had from 
that have that I haven't accumulated over the past years. Mm -hmm. If they have the black, the half right foot that's black, that's my original one. That's that, pretty cool. Know, that's the one that I played with when I was little. So <laughs> I, that just kind of popped into my head. It's like going, oh yeah, I can. So when I see my kids playing with them, I kind of check sometimes. Like, which one is that? Okay, yeah. that's an inherited one. That's not, <laughs> not my own one. So very cool. Very cool. So if someone wanted to start collecting Star Wars action figures, uh, JC, uh, what would you say? Just say, uh, hopefully inherit some or start going out there looking or like, how does someone I mean, start? Looking on like eBay and stuff, there's, if you buy the bulk sections, mm -hmm. I mean, you can get like a huge amount of Star Wars action figures for a very reasonable price. Yeah. Like, and it's just buy the bigger amounts because people will sell like groups of 10 mm -hmm. for like 30 bucks yeah and they're not worth it you know it's and try to get i mean if you really like it try to get them with their correct gun you know especially if they have a, a, a special one like chewbacca mm -hmm. has a very specific special gun that i think only came out with him also um, bosk is another one mm -hmm. that has a very unique gun and even though he can't hold it very well it's especially designed <laughs> for him yeah. you know his especially if you want to try to get a complete set those those are the ways because it's the little things that uh that really count and you know i gotta thank my mom for it because so many times she'd be vacuuming and hear it go up in the vacuum mm -hmm. you know that that click 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 the sound and she'd open it up dig out the gun take it out you know, and so, or else I would have like almost no guns for <laughs> my action figures. Although I do not know if I have like an intact Chewbacca gun because yeah. it was kind of fragile because I think it wraps around his arm. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'd have to look into that. But, you know, if it isn't, you know, I, I expect my kids to play with it. And if they break it, they break it. It's, yeah. it's their fun to, to play rough if they want to play rough as long as it's not on purpose. So. What? What has been your uh, biggest, I mean, besides the Han Solo and Carbonite, uh, any, any like, biggest score that you've uh, come across in Star Wars action figures? It was probably, um, I went to a Star Wars, well, I went to a farm auction, mm -hmm. and they had a bunch of action figures and Star Wars stuff there. And that's when I got a lot of the, the last generation ones of, like, a man-a-man, -a -man, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but... I didn't know whoever put the box together. They put a man, -a man in a different box than his 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 stick thing that had uh -huh. skulls on it. Yeah. And so that's kind of my biggest miss. That I, I wish I would have caught that. You know, because those they were probably um, I don't know if you know like um, orange boxes mm -hmm. that you can get for bulk. They're like one foot by a foot and a half um, by one foot. And those boxes were selling with like speeder bikes or with an X-wing in it, and and with action figures, you know, around. They were selling for like twenty bucks each, mm -hmm. and this was in the probably mid '90s. But that's a huge score. Oh yeah. And I know one thing I did get was um, the band Chewbacca's band. Uh huh. That's um, still in the box. Okay. I mean, it was beat up. Sure. But I mean, that's quite a little thing I'm, I'm happy about but i guess if you talk about mini action figures one thing that i was really proud of is when i was in japan i collected pepsi points mm -hmm. and everyone in my company 
because we had a Pepsi machine there, and everyone was collecting the points for me, and I could mail off. And I got um, Pepsi bottle caps of all the main characters, like Luke, Leia, Han, Obi-Wan, Chewbacca, I think Darth Vader, all sealed in their pack. And it was random that I could get. There was 20 different packs that you could get, and I got cool. the core character pack. Oh, nice. And... So that one is, I'm, I'm quite proud of that. And uh, one final question before we head off. What's your favorite Star Wars action figure? If you had one action figure. That's really hard. <laughs> that is really hard. Because, you know, obviously I love Boba Fett. <laughs> um, he's cool. Um, I love Gonk. Because he's extremely unique. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of R2-D2. I liked R5-D4 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. better. Um, Just a cooler design. <laughs> I would say my favorite one is um, the Death Star Gunner. Death Star Gunner? Yeah. The helmet? That has the, yeah, that has the helmet with the red line that goes yeah, across. Yeah. Um, I mean, he kind of looks like Snake Eyes if you think back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, because of that line going across. But I, I just always liked him. Because, I mean, he kind of had the Battlestar Galactica vibe, too, because of yeah. the line. Um, but as an action figure, he was the one that I really liked. Because he was very unique with that. So, yeah, I guess that would probably be my favorite one. Just not a real main character, but I yeah. played the heck out of him. Nice. Very nice. Because with the Star Wars toys, they came out with a a type of A-wing, uh -huh. but it wasn't an A-wing. It, it kind of looked like a, an A-wing that could flip down yeah. and stand up, and so it could kind of be a robot. Very and cool. that was the character that I always had play in him, because it, it could almost be like a transformer. It could be a ship and then kind of be a robot would, that would walk. Kind of funny. So, yeah, I guess that'd be my favorite uh, action figure that I've, I have. Very cool, very cool. Thank you so much, JC, for coming on and talking to us about Star Wars action figures. Uh, up next, we've got probably something, I don't know, maybe Star Wars related. We'll see. We'll find out. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. This has been DB Spitzer talking about random stuff on 1130 AM KZOM, Oleander, Oregon, the place to be and be seen. We are back. D&D &D on D&D. &D. Dave, now, you were talking about, I, before uh, we started up the show, uh, I was talking about what I wanted to talk about, and you said that there's a weird history for droids in role-playing games, like uh, Star Wars droids specifically in role-playing games. Can, can, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so the, the first Star Wars licensed Star Wars game was West End Games, and that's the D6 one. Okay. And you'll get a lot of people will say, absolutely, you know, that was the best game. And it really did have a lot going for it. Um, but, so, it had some very specific rules and for droids. And one thing that the droids could do, if you were a droid, yeah. um, if you didn't know a skill, you couldn't try it. So anybody, it doesn't matter what it was, it was flying a spaceship or speaking a language, Normal characters that are like living beings, mm -hmm. you could make a you could make a, 
a wild guess roll. You know, a try, dumb luck. You, you probably wouldn't do it. Probably a higher target number. But one of the things was if uh, uh, if you played a droid, you could not do a skill you didn't have. Hmm. Um, and then they came in with the 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 uh, the, uh, the the D20 the mm-hmm. D20 game, and so they actually had much more encouragement for people to play droid characters because by this time the prequels were out. Okay, and so there were you know more you know more droids more characters Mm -hmm. but they had this weird rule that they decided that they were going to use uh azimov three laws of robotics for star wars yes And, and so you couldn't you had to make like a willpower until you're like third level um you had you had to make like a a will save to kill somebody that's weird and, and um, yeah, and, and now there were some, you know, some of the like uh, some of the books talked about robots that had overcome their programming. That they, you know, that people hunted down robots that killed. Um, and a lot of those were like pre prequel books. But I kind of understand why planets would do this after the, the Clone Wars, too. Mm-hmm. But then the, the Fantasy Flight game, which is the newest game and. And I think they still hold the the, the license, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of on hold. Their whole role playing side is kind. Of, they basically released their whole role playing side. They haven't put anything out for a year uh, because they they basically restructured after COVID. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they can come up with anything, but they really sort of encourage droid characters. Hmm. And so here's the thing with the the droids. There, yeah. you know, you get this you get this benefit. Of, you, you know, you don't you, you don't breathe. You're not affected by vacuum things like that. And you know, you don't have to eat, but you get these humongous amount of points. But you start off at the very bottom for all your attributes. Mm-hmm. So with droids, it's basically designed to the ultimate min maxing. Yeah, and and they get where. Normally, you pick like four out of eight skills to start off, and then you can buy more. Mm-hmm. Droids get to buy get six, and then there's a specialty skill you only get two out of four. Droids get three, so so they're really designed in the the uh, fantasy flight game uh, for min maxing. Okay. Huh. I would totally play a droid in a uh, Star Wars game. That's that's just what I do. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, so what about droid-like things in D and D? I was thinking. Um, okay, in the past there has been things like Modrons in Planescape, where you could play a rogue Modron. Which are, are you familiar with Modrons? No, I'm not. Okay, so in the uh, outer planes, not the outer planes, in the uh, multiverse, in the out. Uh, goodness, I'm trying to remember. It, uh, it's Mechanist Nirvana. It's a uh, final resting place, kind of like the big wheel of afterlife in the cosmology of D&D. People out there are like, it's called this, you dummy. Why, why are you? Anyway. So anyway, uh, there is a group of like biomechanoids called Modrons, and they keep the gears that keep the universe running, running. And they're in all kinds of like various shapes. 
and rogue modrins are these block, uh, th these cube-shaped um, biomechanoid-type mm. things that um, can be adventurers, and they are either mages or um, fighters. There's generally not rogues because they're not good at lying. There's generally not bards because they're not very emotive. They're kind of like um, biomechanoid uh, Spocks. They're very logical. Uh, they don't understand certain things. They're very kind of like the fish out of water computer that doesn't understand what's going on around it kind of character. And uh, when you roll your character, you roll initiative, and that's what your initiative is forever. And this is this is for second edition, so I don't know if uh, this uh, if if this race even exists for D and D anymore, or if it got cut up cut up for some uh, licensing type thing or what. But yeah, I'm sure somebody's got probably homebrew five uh, E rules. Oh yeah, sure, sure. But yeah, and and I'm curious what's out there for automatons for like uh D, D and constructs and that kind of thing and how interesting it would be to play something that as you talked about with robots for star wars or droids for star wars they don't breathe they don't have to worry about the vacuum of space and if they're like a construct made out of stone or something like that or you know electronics in a certain way or who knows um, they don't have to worry about water. They don't have to worry about air. They don't have to worry about food. What they have to worry about is someone who can fix them when they're damaged. And that's about it. Yeah. And I think the closest that 5e really has is now with, uh, Ebron mm -hmm. is, uh, the Warforge, okay. which yeah. I think, I think they came in on third. I, I, there may have been a previous version, but I think they came out on the third, third edition. Okay. And they're basically, you know, sentient suits of armor or or droids. Uh, in Five E, there's there's actually three different types of um, Warforged that uh, are player characters. Okay. Uh, the envoy, which or the envoy, which is, uh, you know, they're basically specialists. And it could be an assassin. You you could make uh, a healer, or you could even make like an entertaining, you know, uh, like a, you know, the automatons of the 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 17th century which were really like little people in it but uh -huh. played chess like the turk sure uh then there's sort of the the juggernaut which is the big you know uh you know big sort of warrior monster mm -hmm. and then the, the skirmisher which is i'm pretty sure sort of you know shock trooper type characters i've never really played i mean i've read a lot of warforge uh and i've kind of scribbed a little bit of it for uh my uh rules on um uh you know constructs but i you know i've never really played a warforge but uh it might be interesting even in a, a non eberron environment mm -hmm. uh, especially now that uh with uh, uh tasha's cauldron or whoever it is cauldron that you know uh you've that they've got um uh oh uh you know characters that can make stuff make magic things so it'd be kind of interesting you could make uh like a, a ray and a, a bb character you know two people playing or a bb8 character you want to hear it you want to hear a stupid joke go for it is bb hungry i don't know no bb8 <laughs> 
Uh, that's guess, the type of joke I tell my goats. Guess, guess, guess BB-8 doesn't need a quarter portion in that case. Uh, yes. <laughs> dumb jokes, you heard them from here. Uh, all right, yeah. No, uh, yeah, so constructs as characters. Um, would, would, would you do it? Mm-hmm. Would, would, do, do you think that a... a uh, campaign based off of a bunch of constructs that have to get from point A to point B and maybe constructs maybe the constructs are being hunted for something that people thought that they did but they didn't do I don't know maybe go a little or, or, or AI because, on everyone the movie AI but yeah or, or just because they're not human yeah oh yeah definitely or humanoid yeah. or not yeah yeah so especially you know if if you could have like any, I don't know if you can play Magic Warforge. I just don't know. But yeah, if you can have any of the, the classes, or at least maybe the marshals, you know, classes, uh, I could kind of see it sort of like a a combination of like the Tin Man from Wizard and Oz, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and uh, then um, uh, you know, with with any of the Star Wars stories. Sure. And you know, you could throw you could throw in all these sort of yeah, oh, uh, Star Wars illusions. So you know the the White Knights, they all look like uh, stormtrooper armor, kind of, mm-hmm. and they're they're okay with swords, but uh, they can't hit anything with arrows. Yeah, or you know, so a lot of things that you could, you know, uh, they get to uh, uh, this uh, guy, and it, uh, you know, he's got a, a yeti companion, uh-huh. and so the only way to get to that island is fly to it on his giant giant falcon and so you know I, I i think that would make a really entertaining short campaign if if not one shot oh uh i have to point out uh jc who we heard in the interview prior i think when we were in college he did a campaign when we were like uh traveling with uh some like i don't know a smuggler guy who was like smuggling us across the border and he was wanted because he had to dump a bunch of spice and like all this stuff. I'm like, oh wait a minute, he's doing Star Wars. Okay, cool, I'll play along. But <laughs> you know, you could have a sorcerer in black armor, yeah. You know? Oh yeah, no, no, no. Every, everything, everything was either like uh, anagrams or like if the word uh, sounded like something else in another language, it would be like that word in English or vice versa it was, it was it was really cool it was it was fun uh i i, I will say though that this was uh, somewhere where we got for and it was like even advanced but we got rules for bounty hunters uh-huh. and, and so i had a uh it i had a, a bounty hunter uh with a gray armor called bob fett <laughs> yeah no i i think i have used i don't know some 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 uh, some version of Boba Fett in in the past in role playing games for uh, role playing games that had nothing to do with Star Wars, whether it be a uh, uh, mercenary in Shadowrun that was really scary uh, who had all kinds of gadgets, or you know just like some sort of like uh, Boba Fett esque bounty hunter in D and D that's you know after the group or something, but yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of fun to mix Star Wars with D and D or Star Wars elements with other fantasy games. I mean, I mean, I know we're slipping away from constructs in D and D, but 
it's always cool to find something that's kind of like a lightsaber in an RPG. Whether it be a video game, whether that be a pen and paper game, as soon as someone starts describing something that looks like a lightsaber or whatever, it's it's cool. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, lightsabers it, it, are still cool no matter what. <laughs> did, did did you ever see the the gamers, uh, Darkness Rising? Oh, I can't remember if I saw that one or not, but I'm sure so, I did. So, so the the party the party found the, this old treasure chest that was their first characters that got killed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it had I guess it was they had like a time traveling record. So one of them had, it was a lightsaber. He goes, <laughs> "You have a lightsaber?" He goes, "No, that would be copyright infringement. I have a psionic soul blade." <laughs> Uh, we at one point in time in D anD D, we did get uh, what I called sun swords. They were based off of Thundar the Barbarian and not Star Wars. And I was like, no, they're sun Lutarians. swords. They're, they're sun swords, everyone. Not thun and not Star Wars. Thundar sun swords. And uh, I think I made everyone watch Thundar, and they were like, oh, can we just play D anD D? All right. Anything else we have to say about like robots in D and D or like, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it would be pretty interesting to have like a whole city made of constructs or a city itself. That is a construct that then has smaller constructs working within it. Kind of like a bio mechanoid organism type thing. I don't know. Well, well here, here's another example. Did, did you ever see the first uh, Clash of the Titans? Uh, the one with... Uh, uh, yeah, the... the one Jimmy Smith or whatever it was. Oh, oh, um, oh Aaron... The, the one from the 80s. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Eckhart, I think it was. Yeah, okay, totally know which one you're talking about. Yes. So, so the, the best thing about that was Bobo. Booba the Owl, was, yeah. I think that's little. Yeah, they, so they didn't, they didn't want to give up her owl, so she made had Hespus make him basically a mechanical clockwork owl to help. Yeah. And so, what if you know, what, what if we had like a construct as a, a familiar? Ooh, yeah, that would be very very cool. A construct familiar, that would be nice. Man, I don't know how many times I saw that movie in the early '80s over the summer. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We could keep going with this. We could go with, like, construct mounts, construct... I mean, I, I know this stuff all exists out there. But construct characters, I think, is just kind of a interesting, interesting idea. Especially if you put kind of like a... It's like, yeah, they can breathe underwater and they can do all this stuff. But if they get hurt, they either need a mage or something or they have to have some sort of, like, special potion or salve or something like that or a special toolkit that they need to repair themselves or repair each other with if you have a group of people doing it and it just kind of like it's like you know you're almost completely indestructible except for maybe a couple of things that can hurt you really bad but you do have the benefit of you know being able to process information a lot better, being more durable and being a lot more stronger. You're not charming at all. And <laughs> you are very naive. 
So it's like kind of like, I mean, as, as you said, min-maxing your stats. And that would be an interesting thing, but also at the same time, it'd be terrifying to like take a bunch of constructs into a dungeon and have them all crushed and torn to pieces within the first five levels. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, you agree, Dave? I agree. Yeah. Uh, and, and anything else you think that, uh, I don't know, constructs, uh, something that you could do with the constructs in a campaign, like construct characters? Well, I just think that maybe you could kind of just, um, you know, take the whole idea and sort of flip it on its head. Just like, you know, the, the Tin Man turned to be the most, you know, loving and empathetic. Have, have this sort of overly emotional construct. Ooh. Ooh. Or a construct that tries to understand emotions but can't and then is like, I don't know, maybe. Kind of like Data. Yeah, or lore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wants to understand, uh, I don't know, uh, wants to understand emotions to the point where they're willing to hurt other people to get to that. I don't know. That could be a cool thing. Or, yeah, or, and I think there's a lot of choices. Yeah, or even motivation for your PC to go out there and lop off heads with their robo-blades. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's it for uh, D&D on D&D. Uh, we'll we'll talk to you next time, and we'll have some more Star Wars related Dungeons and Dragons mashed up, smeared together, portmanteau, put it on a sandwich episode of Radio Free Oleander, brought to you by Oblivions. Oblivions, the place to be and be seen. Why is that the motto for everything in this town? And also. Where else? Uh, A1 Grocery, Taxidermy and Grocery, they're A number one. Rate, review, subscribe, and keep this podcast alive. Radio Free Oleander, look for us on iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else. Your podcasts get caught. Podcatcher. Listener, you're our only hope. Help <laughs> us, listener. Beep, boop, 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 beep. That's my R2-D2. Uh, and yeah, thank you again for listening to Radio Free Oleander. I've been Dave, this has been DB, and we will see you next time. Bye. May the Force be with you. And also with you. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, Radio Free Oleander, wherever you find your podcasts. Radio Free Oleander, 1130 AM, KZOM, Oleander, Oregon, filmed in front of a live studio audience. No one films anything with film anymore, and this is audio. Thank you so much. Uh, join us again. We will be talking about Star Wars some more, and check out the show notes. Check our Patreon, and f find out where you can see JC's book. All right. Bye. Thank you. I love gonk.